Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Thursday. It's the 10th of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Governor Kim Reynolds is reacting to the latest indictment of Donald Trump. A federal grand jury last week indicted the former president for a third time, accusing him of organizing a conspiracy to steal the 2020 election. Reynolds says the mounting indictments are leading to Americans losing confidence in federal agencies. I think we have a weaponized uh, Department of Justice and IRS and FBI, and I think we're seeing that. I think Americans feel that there is a two-tier justice system, and it's unfortunate because it's eroding people's confidence uh, in those agencies. Trump has pleaded not guilty to charges, including conspiracy to defraud the United States and obstruction of Congress's certification of President Joe Biden's win. Reynolds is hosting a series of conversations with Republican presidential candidates at the Iowa State Fair, which begins today. Trump will appear at the fair, but not with Governor Reynolds. The Iowa State Treasurer's Office has returned $4.5 million worth of stock in the McDonald's Fast Food Corporation to a woman who had lost contact with the company holding the shares in her name. IPR's Grant Gerlach explains. The Treasurer's Office says a financial company turned over what it considered unclaimed assets to the state, but the department found the owner and returned the investments, although the person's name is being kept anonymous. Treasurer Robbie Smith says it's a record amount returned to someone through the program known as the Great Iowa Treasure Hunt, but he says the state holds millions more in unclaimed funds. We have $485 million that we need to reunite with Iowans. And we encourage people, one out of 10 Iowans statistically will have something that needs to be returned to them. In addition to cash, Smith says the state holds approximately 3,000 unclaimed safe deposit boxes holding family photos, military honors, collectibles and other personal items. The Swisher pickup driver accused of hitting abortion protesters at a June 2022 demonstration testified yesterday that his vehicle didn't hit anyone. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the driver, David Allen Hudson, is on trial this week in Lynn County District Court on charges of assault by use of a dangerous weapon vehicle. He's also charged with an aggravated misdemeanor and leaving the scene of a personal injury accident. If convicted, he faces up to two years in prison. Protesters also spoke. One said she thought the driver was willing to kill her. The jury will begin deliberating the case this morning. Iowa Congressman Zach Nunn has introduced bipartisan legislation that increases reporting requirements for online child sex abuse. IPR's Natalie Krebs has those details. The Child Online Safety Modernization Act would enhance requirements for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Cyber Tip Line, where people can report instances of child sex abuse they find online. Third District Congressman Nunn, a Republican, says the legislation would require online platforms to report abuse and increase the amount of time the tip line holds reports for. It will also preserve our cyber tip line reporters for a year, allowing our law enforcement the ability to not only build a case, but to hold those accountable. Unfortunately, in today's world, these are only held for days at a time. According to the cyber tip line, more than 32 million reports of suspected child abuse online were reported last year. And environmental leaders in five north-central Iowa counties are looking for input from residents on better ways to address water quality, flooding, and on-farm conservation, as well as recreational and wildlife habitat. 
Cynthia Farmer is a policy advocate at the Center for Rural Affairs and says the area covers Hamilton, Hancock, Humboldt, Kasuth, and Wright counties. Farmer says the members want to hear from locals as to what they've tried and what works best. The panel is made up of county supervisors and commissioners from area soil and water conservation districts. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Support for IPR comes from The Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Houses sell for more money in neighborhoods with big, leafy canopies, so pests that can kill many trees quickly can pose real economic dangers. As we hear from Celia Yopis Jepson of the Kansas News Service, some Midwestern communities are now hedging their bets. Imagine 1,700 graceful ash trees, 40 feet tall, lining the streets and public areas of your neighborhood and turning glorious colors each fall. It's what the winter set area of Lee's Summit looked like, until it didn't. I'm touring it with developer David Gale. Mm -hmm. So that's where an ash tree would have been. The trees are gone because of emerald ash borers, beetles from Asia, and Gale regrets ever planting so many of them. Yeah, that ended up being a major mistake because we, we did a monoculture of ash trees. So the dumbass developer thought, this, this is great, ash trees are native. Are you referring to yourself in that sentence? Yeah, I, I, I've got to be clear, the mistake was mine. So now variety is the name of the game. In 2021, the Winterset Board finished replacing its ill-fated single-species treescape with lindens, blackgums, oaks, and a variety of other trees. We, we need to learn this lesson. Trees are an investment, and Kim Bomberger with the Kansas Forest Service helps communities diversify their portfolios. Over the decades, landscapers, city planners, and developers across the country went all in for elms or maples or Bradford pears. I've done inventories where I've gone to roll into a neighborhood and as far ahead as I could see, it was all pin oaks. These monocultures are fragile. One pest and they're toast. Dutch elm disease devastated elms. Oak wilt thrives on pin oak. When we plant a wide diversity of species, we're helping guard against catastrophic loss. Loss to whatever new pest will arrive next, carried by global trade, and loss to extreme weather. Overland Park is one Kansas City suburb that hears the message loud and clear, because nearly a third of its street trees are maples. That's like investing too much in one stock. So last year, the city put the kibosh on adding any more maples along streets and in new developments. I believe they are correct. There's an insect called the Asian longhorn beetle that's in states in the eastern part of this country. Maple is going to be kind of like candy to this insect. A major blow to a city canopy has many consequences. Kevin Boyle is an economist who heads the real estate program at Virginia Tech. When he and his wife bought a house in 2016, they set about planting trees. You know, somebody just mentioned to us the other day, boys, that's that's really going to increase your property value. And, and my response was, yeah, you're right. I, I know from the numbers that will. Mature canopies help home values, which boost tax bases for cities and schools. So, yeah, cities get nervous when they hear that different pests in different regions are killing off concentrations of pines, hemlocks, walnuts. Boyle has studied some of the hard-hit areas. When trees are 
are damaged and dying, it reduces the value of properties. Plus, there's the price of removing and replacing so many trees. That cost Winterset and Lee's Summit nearly half a million dollars. And it'll take decades to get a mature canopy again. One like this that I saw in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm walking down just a little residential street. The birds are really singing this morning. Baltimore Oriole chicks right here in the canopy. To protect our decades-long investments, foresters have one more crucial tip to diversify our portfolios. Plant species from different genuses and families, so they aren't all close relatives with the same potential Achilles heel. Some experts recommend planting dozens of species, including non-native ones. Others say bad idea. Too many non-native trees usually doesn't create the kind of scene I saw in Manhattan. Flycatchers, wrens, orioles, finches, all serenading a single city block. I'm Celia Jopis-Jepsen. This story from the Kansas News Service comes to us through Harvest Public Media, a collaboration of public radio stations, including IPR News, reporting on agriculture and rural issues. You can find this podcast here first from IPR News, wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thank you.